Have you ever questioned something that was familiar? Something you were used to? Maybe it was an idea or maybe the way you were raised or just whatever was familiar. And have you ever asked the question, what is the why behind that? Or a deeper question is, what is the spirit behind that? I want to read this portion from one of my uh, study Bibles, this commentary Bible, but it says this. Belief systems, philosophies, and work views, worldviews have a powerful effect on the way people live by introducing lies into the very principles upon which entire societies are based. The evil one can wreak incredible havoc on the world. Again, none of this is suggest that humans are excused from responsibility. But behind the visible, knowledgeable, uh, knowable element of human choice, we can detect or at least suspect that the activity of forces with supernatural ability and evil attempt prompted people to accept and act on falsehoods. This is why we cannot be too careful about the ideas we embrace, whether they come from religious teachers, educators, government leaders, or the media. Ideas have consequences, both in individual lives and the entire nation. Our best protection against deception is a grounding in biblical truths. So when we say, in, when the word of God tells us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of principalities, and of powers of darkness. Have we ever thought about what are those principalities? What are those darkness? What are those forces that are fighting and that we are wrestling against in the, in the spiritual that we have to combat, that we have to cast down? What are the things? What is the why behind the why? What is the idea, the spirit behind the idea, and especially things that we're familiar with? Have we questioned it enough or do we just become so used to it? Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so excited that you are here. Thank you again for joining me. This is Conquer Me Podcast. I am Jennifer Jefferson. And on this podcast, we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I am just so blessed to see how this podcast is growing and the numbers are growing and it's just reaching people all over the world, which I would have never thought about, to be honest with you. When I started, it was just about doing what God has called me to do. I heard you all have heard me say this many of times. I was praying and the Lord just gave it to me in prayer because I said, Lord, what are you calling me? That's what I asked. I said, Lord, what are you calling me to do in this next season of my life? I didn't come to him and say, Lord, I need you to do this. Lord, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, please answer this. I need this, blah, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with asking God those things. But this time around, it was just, I knew my seasons were changing and I wanted to walk in wisdom. I wanted to have his understanding in this new season in my life. And so I just said, Lord, what are you calling me to do in this season? And this is where the podcast came out. And I'm so excited because we have the opportunity as believers to dive into the word of God. The word of God 
is so important to us as believers. I came across this wonderful study um, that talked about the power of reading the word. It was a, a scientific study, the word of God, reading your Bible four times a week. They noticed that if you read it one time a week, there wasn't much of a difference. Two times, not much of a difference. Three times, you could see a little bit of something. But when you hit that fourth time, they started to see a change. Like literally, people who were struggling with pornography, um, lying, it was like all these things, it went down drastically. And I just appreciated that because... It lets me know, and I'm going to have to find the article. I wish I would have found the article before I start talking about it. But as I was reading the various things that people were um, battling with, and then because they started reading the word of God on a consistent basis four times throughout the week, how their anxiety went down, their depression went down, their habits went down, all of these things. They even mentioned alcohol. It went down for like 67%. You don't have to be perfect to read the word of God. I just want to put this out there. You don't have to have your life perfect. And here's the truth. None of us will have our life perfect. And you cannot do what God has called you to do without knowing what he wants you to do. And the thing is, within that study, the more they read, then they were more happy about spreading the gospel. They were more likely to tell people about Christ, to go ahead and say, hey, let me tell you about who I serve in in the book that I read, which is our Bible, right? So there's so many benefits that we get from reading our word. And, and And I have been praying, I said, Lord, teach me how to articulate and uh, the importance and the beauty and the life-changing aspect and the transformation of being his student. And this is why I do these series. And I really believe this is like the Lord, because I never would have thought of doing series, but the Lord has placed that on my heart to have series, to just really, I I will study a topic or just study a, and really what it is, I'm just studying a group of scriptures. And you're reading the scriptures and you see one revelation after another, after another, after another, after another. I'm like, the word of God is so layered and it's so deep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, sometimes I'm screaming as I'm studying in my head, of course. You know, I don't want to scare my kids and my husband and my mom, but it's like, oh my gosh, I wonder if people know this when the Bible says this. I'm like, God, I know people know this. There has to be somebody out there. So I start to research and I start to dig about the questions that I have and what the Holy Ghost is revealing to me. I'm like, Lord, surely you have received, given this revelation to somebody else. And the Lord will say, okay, as as you learn and as you grow, you share these things. Share how deep the word of God is, how transformative the word of God is. And I know because of my relationship with God and how God has kept me and how he continues to mature me, there is a peace that I have that I would have never thought I could live in. I never thought. There are so many struggles that I've had mentally, but the peace of God that surpasses all understanding has guarded my heart and my mind. Even even through some of the most horrific things that I have gone through in life, the peace of God has kept me And so I try my best to encourage you all and people I sit down with one-on-one, let it be face-to-face, just people who are in my life, like God is real, man. And he loves us. He desires us. 
He wants a relationship with us. It's not just about us having a relationship with him. Like he wants a relationship with us. One of my good friends wrote this beautiful book called Make Room for God. And we're actually going to have him on the podcast later in this season. And we're going to talk about the book. But God desires us. He wants us to be in communion with him. So we can walk in hope knowing that no matter what comes our way, it is defeated. I do not have to live in fear because I have Christ. I do not have to live like, oh my gosh, this weapon is forming. What's about to happen? What we know that the word of God says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I love that it, we know at the end of the day, when in Colossians 2.15, it's, and I'm going to read this and we're going to go into what we're talking about. This goes into what we're talking about. So please don't, like we're still in this series of wisdom, um, not wisdom, excuse me. We're still in this series of, of spiritual warfare, fighting with God. So I'm saying this because there's so much peace that I've had with the Lord and I have with God. And I know it's because the more I read his word, the more I understand, the more I pray and commune with him, the more I get, I obtain more of his spirit. Last week, we talked about abiding in him. God, I want to abide in you. There is nothing more than I want now than God himself. Yes, I'm saved and I've been saved for a long time. I've been filled with his spirit for a long time and I'm grateful for that. But I want more of him. And I don't want that to be removed, that desire, that passion. I pray to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, stir that up within me, right? And I live in hope knowing this, what Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, uh, triumphing over them in it. So we know that because of what Christ did on the cross, everything that we fight against is disarmed. Everything. It has also, when we quote the scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The reason why it shall not prosper is because Christ did the work on the cross. So I can stand in hope so that when I know things are coming my way, when things are starting to hit me, I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to. So now it allows the wisdom of God to come in So now, Holy Spirit, allow your wisdom to come in so I know that this foolishness that I'm seeing or what is happening, I don't have to be fearful of it because I already know that it's already done. So now I have to ask for wisdom, say, okay, wait a minute. What's what's going on here? Holy Spirit, I'm discerning something. What is this spirit? What is it that's in front of me? What is it that's trying to, um, what's the best way? Trying to infiltrate my life or, or conquer me. What's the thing that's trying to tempt me? What is that, right? The Holy Spirit will give us wisdom and knowledge on the things that we ask of him. So, we're, so while we're talking about fighting with God in the wisdom of spiritual warfare, number one is knowing that this, everything is already done. I ain't got to fear about nothing. I don't have to fear about a thing. Everything has is already done. This is why when the scripture says um, that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound 
mind. I don't have to fear. But I do appreciate what Paul was teaching us in Ephesians. Paul was letting us know if you want to believe it or not, at the end of the day, we are in a spiritual war. Because the enemy tries to do anything to trip us up. Let me just say that like the best way I can think of. The enemy's desire is to trip us up. The enemy's desire is to have us to stumble, to twist the word of God. And what's interesting is I believe that a lot of us can recognize like the overt evils, right? Things that are so bad to where even society as a whole, we have said this is terrible or the Christians as a whole have said this isn't good. But what about the familiar things? So I want to read this because last week and this week, you know, we've been kind of really studying and focusing in Ephesians 10 through 12. So let me read that again. Finally, my brother, be strong in my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is what Paul is letting us know. It's a fact. If you understand it or not, it is a fact that there is a spiritual war going on. And my prayer is that as a whole across this world, we wake up to that. I, I know that sometimes we don't want to talk about things when it is a spiritual warfare, when we see things that are not of God, because maybe you don't know how to fully articulate it. You don't understand it. I don't know what it is. There's a, I think it's a, it's a plethora of things, but these are stumbling blocks that the enemy places in front of us because if he can keep our mouth closed about what he is doing, if he can remain, if he can keep us ignorant, then what will happen If we don't understand the ways and the strategies of the enemy, I cannot tell someone that is not of God. Because everything that the enemy does does not always appear as bad. So this is why I asked earlier, have you questioned the familiar? Have you questioned the things that are normal to you? Things that don't seem out of whack. Well, this is just a part of my life, right? But have you questioned that? Have you ever sat there and said, well, where did this idea come from? Why are we doing this? And then the deeper and the mature question is, what is the spirit behind this? And I want to specifically talk about the principalities because principalities are basically, from my understanding, and I'm still growing in this understanding, from my understanding, it is just kind of like a, the laws and systems that are put in place, right? And so the, the Bible mentions principalities uh, multiple times and they're referred differently. But we know that that Jesus has conquered and is ahead of all things. So whether things are for the glory of God or things are uh, against God, God still has reign over that. So this is why we have hope and joy and peace knowing that at the end of the day, God has 
power over all these things, but it does not remove our responsibilities as humans, right? There is still a level of responsibility. There's a level of maturity that God desires us to walk in. So he wants us to be aware of what is happening. And we also have to understand that the enemy does not always come in how we have pictured it in movies, um, especially if you were a kid of the 80s, the babies of the 80s, a kid of the 90s. The devil was always presented as like the red horn, this red thing with big old horns and stuff like that. Yeah, if anyone sees a creature like that walking around, we all will be like freaked out. I, I, there, there is no sitting back and saying, okay, something ain't right with this, right? But the question is about the familiarity, things that you are used to. And I want to read 2 Corinthians 11, 3 through 6. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided, undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach or a different kind of spirit than the one you received or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. But I don't consider myself uh, inferior in any way of the super apostles who teach such, such things. I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. We have made this clear to you in every possible way. What is he talking about? He is talking about, you know, when we talk about itchy ears, we are listening to anything that sounds okay. Once again, familiar. Some of the things that we have repeated or we walk in and we believe is what is familiar and it is not the gospel of Christ. It's not the gospel of the Bible. It's a different kind of gospel. It's not the Jesus that the apostles were preaching in the Bible. It is a different type of Jesus. Have you ever heard? I I literally saw this. um, I was scrolling on YouTube and this video popped up in my algorithm and it said, Jesus ain't no sissy. And I said, what? I didn't even watch it. I didn't listen to it. It could have just been clickbait. I get it from a marketing perspective, but for me as a believer, it was out of pocket, right? And so, and it's just like this, going back to this. My husband was telling me about this story about this uh, pastor. And this was recently. This pastor um, posted how he's concerned about the uh, believers specifically within America. Because of our politics are so divisive in this time and a certain sector of believers, of Christians, have wrapped their beliefs around um, their politics. And and it has become more divided than ever. So it's more about what they believe politically than what they believe biblically, right? And so this pastor was preaching about Jesus and um and what Jesus was commanding and the Beatitudes and turning the other cheek. It was the list of things about us as we're supposed to live as believers. And this man came up to him, one of his congregational members came up to him and said, what's all that liberal talk you talking? And he said, what are you talking about? He said, you talking about turn the other cheek and all the type of stuff. He said, that's Jesus in the Bible. He said, this is what Jesus commands. He said, I was reading scriptures. 
And his response was, the gentleman responded to his pastor said, that was fine for then, but not today. How many times have we heard that regarding when people talk about the Bible? Well, that was fine for then, but not, you know, today is a little bit different. What? Wait a minute. Is the Bible not the Bible? Is the word of God not the word of God? Yes, there were certain laws and commands that God gave to specific, well, was specifically for that time. But at the end of the day, what, once again, what's the spirit behind it? What was the reason why God gave that command? Why did Jesus tell us to do that? Because if we can get to the why of why we're even supposed to live the way we are supposed to live, then it doesn't matter when the time frame of when Christ said it or when God said it, it is, it is about us just receiving what he has telling us to do so we can reflect him while we walk this earth. So we are accepting various things that is not biblical truth. And this is part of the principalities that Paul is telling us that we have to wrestle and fight against. He's given us wisdom and knowledge of saying there are things out here that are being taught that are being masqueraded as the gospel. Second Corinthians 11, 12 through 14 says this, but I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut, undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Remember, the enemy is a deceiver. And I don't want you to ignore the things that you see, like, you know, oh, gosh, that is not of God. I don't want you to ignore that. We talked about last, we talked last week about um, wisdom. Wisdom for me has been a part of my curious journey. Because it says, let, wis- uh, let wisdom be the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get an understanding. And I believe that's in Proverbs 2 and 4. So I'm asking for wisdom. Wisdom is the first thing that I pray for. God, give me your wisdom because we know that God's wisdom is not man's wisdom. It's not human wisdom. God, give me your wisdom. But it says in all that getting, get an understanding. The only way for me to have an understanding is for me to ask questions. What's the why behind that? What's the spirit? Wisdom will allow us to be, to have discernment, to use common sense. I said that last week, the scripture that I use is, is well, one of the scriptures. It, it will give us discernment. It will allow us to be able to, to see in the spirit and actually feel it, say, wait a minute, something ain't right. Or it can be on the opposite of the good stuff, right? Be inquisitive. Ask the Holy Spirit, what am I seeing? What is this? God, show me in your word. That's the best way. Oof. When we can say, Lord, show me in your word what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling. 
and guided me to the right people. Because the Bible talks about seeking after wise counsel. There's wisdom again. Wise counsel. God, I have these questions and I'm seeking and I'm searching. But I haven't, I don't know if I have the answer yet. One of my favorite scriptures says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's so much I'm gaining along the process. But God, I want to obtain more of your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding because it was given us in 2 Corinthians 11 and 14 that even Satan himself disguises as a son of light, as an angel of light. So it may appear good, but it's not. Even when Eve was deceived, have we ever thought about why was she talking to the doggone snake, the serpent? Well, what was familiar to her? They lived amongst them. Now, what was happening? I don't know. You know, people have a lot of different theologies and whatever. But for this conversation, let's think about this. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They have all these animals and serpents and they have all these little things around them all the time. Most of us would run from them, right? But they're used to it. So they're familiar. They're familiar with the doggone tiger just roaming on by. A giraffe over there. They're used to certain things that we would just be like, we would be so concerned about. Lord, if a, if a tiger sat here, I'm walking down the street and the tiger just passed me by, I, I would freeze. I'd be like, Jesus, I don't know what to do. This thing about to kill me. What's happening? Am I tripping? Right? So it's, so she was in a familiar place. Have we ever thought about that? She was in her home. She was where God assigned her to do. She was where God assigned her to live with her husband. Because remember, in the beginning, when it says that when she took that bite, Adam was right there. He wasn't across the yard. He was standing right there. So they were familiar. So I don't know if the serpent was talking all the time or whatever. I don't know what was happening back then. Either way, there was a level of comfort that when that conversation happened between the enemy and, and Eve, where it wasn't enough to uh, shock value to say, wait a minute, why are you talking to me? You shouldn't be doing this. Or why are you even here? So are we questioning what is familiar? Are we questioning what we are used to because the enemy will disguise himself as an angel of light? He will disguise himself as something good. He will disguise himself as a good idea, a good theory, a good practice, a good system. Oh, you should do that. The enemy will show up that way. But wisdom tells us that we have to seek and ask questions so that we can make sure that we are not being deceived by the enemy. This is part of our warfare. This is part of us making sure like, okay, God, I, I see this is familiar. And this is the beauty about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not leave you out here hanging, right? The Holy Spirit will give you different signs. The Bible says that signs and wonders follow them that believe, right? So the Holy Spirit will give you little signs, and little tidbits, little things. Sometimes God will speak to you in, in while you're studying the word of God. It may come through a song. It may come through a conversation to where it's just like it just stays in your brain, in your spirit. Because if you're praying, Lord, open my eyes to the things that are not of you. Open my eyes to the things that I have become familiar with. 
open my eyes to the things that I need to question. I remember I put out this question to the women's group at my church and I wasn't asking, I wasn't trying to determine a right or wrong answer. The Holy Spirit had me to ask this question. Are we all children of God or do we become children of God through salvation? And so the room was divided. And so people were debating and stuff like that. And and I said to them, I said, I'm not here to say what is right or wrong. But the Holy Spirit revealed to me that some of you have beliefs that you have never even studied. You haven't, you just took whatever somebody said. And I heard that a lot in the conversation. When people, I heard a lot of people say, well, I was taught this. I heard this. Well, I believe that when people say this, this is what it is. What is the word of God saying? It tells us in Ephesians 6, it tells us in verse 14, therefore, having guarded your waist with truth, what is the truth? The word of God. Before that, it says in verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having guarded your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The truth is the word of God. So there's a lot of things that happens in the spirit that God will allow us to grow and mature in as we seek him, as we spend more time with him, as we read his word, all these things. But the one thing I want you to focus on today, are you questioning what you are familiar with? What ideas have you held on to and you're repeating? And here's the truth. You don't even know that it, it, it came from God or didn't come from God. You don't know that it glorifies God or, or it may not. You don't know. Because some, the very person, because I wanted just to give this analogy. Maybe, let, let's say this. A hundred years ago, there was a way that your family interacted with one another. And that one person who started it came from a dark place. It came from an evil place. So as time ticks on, ticks on, ticks on, ticks on, and it's still in your family and you guys are doing it and you guys are doing whatever that habit and trait is. And you thought, well, it has actually helped our family. It helped us to be strong individuals, help us to build our families, build wealth, build that. But have you ever thought about maybe this thing came from a dark place? Now, the Bible does tell us to to go ahead um, and learn from the sons of darkness, But we have to realize what are we holding on to that may have come from the dark one. It's about exploring your relationship with God. Some of these battles that we are facing, God has already given us the power. The Holy Ghost had me to mention in the beginning of this, we already know that we are good. We have peace. Christ did the work on the cross. I don't have to stress about this. We know that. That's what Colossians 2.15 tells us, that everything was disarmed. The principalities, the powers, all of this wickedness was disarmed on the cross. So why do we still have struggles today? Well, because the enemy has a level of authority. 
He doesn't have all authority, but he has a certain level of authority on earth, even in heavenly places. We read that earlier. Principalities and in heavenly places. You guys have heard me mention um, Daniel himself. He was praying and fasting for an answer. And his angels told him, we heard you on day one. But there was a war going on. So Daniel's determination to fast and pray and to remove certain things to hear from God. It continues. This is what I say about, uh, about fighting with God. What is our portion? Last week, our, we talked about our portion is wisdom. Today, you need to question what is familiar. And some of that means that maybe you need to go on a fast to understand what is familiar. Because let me tell you, you get on a fast from food, social media, whatever is consuming your time. Let it be music that is not of God. Whatever is consuming your time and day, get on a fast. And watch the Lord reveal some things to you. However long the fast is, it doesn't need to be, you know, you don't have to do a three week fast. Some of us need to fast just for a day. Some of us need to fast a little bit longer. Some of it just might be a half a day. If you're used to being on social media, let's say five hours out of the day and the Lord says no social media today, I promise you that's going to be, it's going to challenge you. And seek God. Say, God, what is pulling me away from you? What am I familiar with? What are the principalities? What are the ideas that I have latched onto that were never a part of your will? And how about this? Some things God had grace. He gave us grace for, for a season. But then that season is over with, but yet we're still carrying things over to the next. And we're wondering why maybe some things are not progressing the way that we we feel, or maybe we don't feel as connected to God, or maybe there's like, God, I'm not understanding what's happening. There is a cleansing. The Bible tells us to lay aside every weight or sin that so easily besets us. Sometimes the weight are things that God is saying, I've, I wanted you to let this go about two years ago, but you're still holding on. It is really about, Lord, allow me to see myself through your lens and through your word. Fasting, praying, get into your word and ask the Lord to reveal what are the familiars in your life that he wants you to remove. Oh, my God, once you do that, once you, oh, Because I know, look, I know there's going to be another season where I'm going to have to do that. God is happy to do that multiple times in my life. And if anyone who is listening, if you've done that where God had to open your eyes to what was familiar and you're like, wait a minute, I thought this was you, Lord, but this isn't you. Wait a minute. It's, It's challenging to unlearn. Because now you may have to look at people who taught you that and say, oh my gosh. Did they know? So, but here's the thing. Thank you. Here's wisdom talking. God is telling me to speak wisdom. This is not your opportunity to immediately tell others that they're dead wrong because now you have received a revelation. Just like how God, just as God has given you grace, you continue to give them grace. 
just as Jesus intercedes for you and how he is and was interceding for you during that time when you were still in areas of ignorance, you still intercede for those. And then you allow the Lord to tell you when you need to speak, if you need to speak at all. Because maybe they need to have a revelation type of moment to where they go on a fast and it's this hunger that's within them where they're seeking God so much where the Holy Spirit reveals it. I'm saying that because sometimes we get into our own way. The Bible talks about zeal, not according to knowledge. We become so excited about what we have received and what we're experienced. And we start preaching and teaching it from the tops of, from the mountaintops, which is good to a certain extent. But if I don't have the knowledge of God, it can be damaging. Last week, we talked about wisdom, a wise man discerning both time and seasons. The Holy Spirit will tell you the time and the season of when to release anything that you have received so that others may receive it. The truth is where I am today and, and the Lord given, um, giving me this podcast and talk to you all and for me to be where I am today, this was a 20 plus year journey. This was a 20, but that was for me. And I'm not saying everybody has to have a 20 plus year journey. I had to go through that. I had to overcome a lot of things. I had to humble myself in a lot of ways. Well, the Holy Spirit, I'm, you know, through the power because it's not me. I don't boast in myself, right? So seeking God and his wisdom, like we said last week, is a weapon. And asking more questions but the specific question, I hear this so heavily for some of you all who are listening. You have to ask the questions about your familiar, what you are used to. The principalities are ideas and systems, the powers here on earth. Anything that is systematic has power. Anything that is built perfectly that can withstand a lot of stuff, oof, that's powerful. So the question is, when, when are we going to start questioning what are these powers? Where are these principalities? And how have I attached myself to this? I pray you have received something on today. I pray you've gained something about this. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We started that uh, a couple episodes ago and today and we're going to have, I believe, three or four more episodes about spiritual warfare. And we're staying in Ephesians 6. 10 through 18, we're going to stay in there. We're going to have other scriptures because the word of God, it completes itself. And even with this, I want you all to do what the word of God says about rightfully dividing the word of truth, going to the word and using other scriptures about even what I say is, is what she's saying biblically sound. Is what she is talking about because we have to be believers of what we're listening to. It does not go to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't hit the ground so where it doesn't take root. And we don't want the things that do take root to be not of God, right? Because I want to say this in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who can correctly explain the word of truth. And I believe it's the New King James Version I want to find for this. Um, 
Let me double check. That's, that's what it is. The New King James Version of this, uh, 2 Timothy uh, 2.15 said, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. So the NLT version is a good one, but I always quote the uh, King James or the, uh, the New King James versions. But the, I love what it does say in NLT version. It says, who correctly explains the word of God. So be that worker, that student, where we don't have to be ashamed if we stand before God or when we stand before God or when we're talking about God because we have studied to show ourselves approved. We have come into the word of God and we're asking to be his student and not just taking one scripture and running, but we're actually dividing the word. We're using scripture in light of another. Your spiritual warfare has to you wrap. It has to be about number one, wrapping the truth around your belt, the truth is the word of God. That is the truth. And we can no longer accept any other truth. We can't accept any form of gospel that is not the gospel in the Bible. We cannot accept Jesus that is not the Jesus in the Bible. We cannot accept ideas and and thoughts or anything that is not aligned with the Bible. And when I say the Bible, I'm talking about the whole Bible. Because I, I've heard, and, and there were times that even in the beginning of when the Lord had me to teach, you know, the beginning of my teaching of the word of God, I would just take one scripture and run. Then the Holy Spirit would say, he had to gather me and say, girl, get yourself together and study this scripture, study the chapter and understand the other scriptures that go with this. Be inquisitive. The enemy does not want us to be inquisitive about God. He does not. He doesn't want us to ask questions about God. He doesn't want us to seek him. He wants us to remain stagnant. He wants us to look at ourselves, look at our issues, look at our problems. A lot of times the fighting that we go through, it is it is not what, especially if you grow up in the R, you attend a church that is um, uh, part of the apostolic movement, uh, Pentecostal movement. So you see people at the altar and you praying and you going hard sometimes. A lot of times it's just, a, it's really because it's, it's spiritual warfare doesn't stop. It's the day-to-day stuff. This is why I said, what beliefs have you taken on that is infiltrating your day-to-day? That has infiltrated your family? The way you work, the way you show up, the way you love. God had to mature me to a place where It does not matter. I have chosen to be the wife he has called me to be. Now, the blessing is I have an amazing husband. But I said my character cannot change based on other people. I cannot change being an amazing wife just based on what my husband. I I can't change being a godly mother because my children are cutting up. No, I have to be who God has called me to be. Why? Because I am made in his image and God is God. His character does not change. So why is our character always changing? Once again, question why you do what you do. Spiritual warfare. Because a lot of us believe in this. In order for you to get respect, you have to earn respect. Tell me what scripture backs that up. I'll wait. Tell me what scripture backs that up. You come at me, you don't get these hands. Tell me what scripture backs that up. And I'm not talking about just one scripture. I'm talking about the truth of the word of God. 
where you walk me through the word. There's so many things that we have taken on and ideas. One of the things that's so crazy to me when it says God helps those who help themselves. What scripture is that? There's so many salvation and grace and, and Holy Spirit. So many things are gifts. Literally, John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm giving these examples because these are things that are in our systems. These are in our mindsets. And there are things that are in our churches that are ideas, that are principalities that are not of God. And we are passing it down from one generation to another. Let us not be the generation that loses sight of God and the next generation becomes a generation who did not know them, know him, excuse me. So we're going to pray. I, I am going to pray that our eyes, all of us, and this is including myself, our eyes will be open to the schemes of the enemy, to the strategies of the enemy specifically in the areas that we are familiar with, the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis that are hindering us, that are not representative of Christ. So God, I thank you for opening our eyes and our ears. God, I thank you for giving us your word so that we can study your word and be who you've called us to be, God. I thank you for maturing all of us in this walk and allowing us to walk in your grace and your mercy, Lord Jesus, open our eyes to the areas that are familiar, the ideas and the systems and the principalities that we have taken on to where we don't even question it anymore. We don't understand what is doing to us positively or even negatively, Lord Jesus. Because some things you want us to open our eyes to, to see the beauty in it so that we can fuel us to continue to go on another day, God. Let us not even be uh, over, uh, miss the things that you're calling us. Like if somebody gives a word to us, but because they, we are familiar with them. We miss it. Open our eyes to what we have looked down upon. We have overlooked. We have underestimated. We have ignored the things where we said that's not a big deal. In you, there is nothing small. Nothing is small in you, God. So let us have that heart posture. I believe that you've heard this prayer and I believe that it is so in the name of Jesus and God. Anyone right now who is battling any type of spiritual warfare, I hear specifically in the mind. God, I ask that your peace covers their mind right now. Allow them to be your child. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Stop rejecting the fact that God is your father. He does care for you. He does love you. He wants you. He desires, he knows every hair on your head and he calls you out by name. I may not know your name, but God knows your name. And God, I ask that you reveal yourself to those people right now who feel like God doesn't love you, that you don't love them. Reveal yourself right now, God. Someone right now is saying, God, she's talking to me right now. Yes, I'm talking to you. The Lord is saying he loves you. I see you. You were crawled up as a, like in an infant type of infant seating as a child. You're balled up. And you're crying, saying, he doesn't love me. No one loves me. God is saying, I love you. I see you, woman of God. 
Stand firm on what God has called you to do. Combat the enemies because the enemy is trying to take you out in the mind, not anywhere else, but in the mind. Change your language to a language of hope. And how do we get hope is through the word of God. Start with three scriptures. God is encouraging us. Those of you who need hope on today, he's saying start with just the word. And this is wisdom speaking. Start with three scriptures and repeat those scriptures over and over and over until you feel the change and you keep going and you keep going until you believe it. You keep going and you keep going until you walk in it. You keep going in those scriptures. Do not give up on the word of God. Do not give up on him because he will never give up on you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the last prayer for anyone who wants salvation. If you want to be saved, you're like, I don't know if I'm saved. Or if you're like, I don't know, I've been out here. I need to come back. I want you to just repeat after me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose for me. Thank you for being my Lord and my friend. If you believe that, you are now saved. We are happy. We are excited. God is so happy. He is so happy, I promise you, that you have returned, okay? God is so happy. He loves us so much. The love of God cannot be explained. And the truth is, those of us who truly believe in the love of God, we don't even have enough words to explain the love of God, okay? So I just pray that you receive that and I pray that you have gained something on today. I love each and every one of you and I will speak to you next Friday. 